Welcome back to Nostalgia, your weekly look at what's going on in pop culture. I am Pat Sheehan, here with my co-host Dave Martinson. Sup? So Dave, Kendrick, greatest rapper alive. I mean, there's probably some sort of debate, but is it really a debate at this point? You got until April 7th to get your shit together. <laughs> so, last week, all of Kendrick's Instagram posts come down, and all it's Correct. left is one Instagram with the letter 4, or the number, Roman, Roman, Roman numeral four, 4 on it. IV. And Twitter blew up. There were 500,000 unique tweets about it in the first 12 hours after that happened. And it happened late at night, at like East yeah. Coast time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it probably happened around like 9 o'clock West Coast time. That's kind of crazy. 500,000 tweets. Yeah. Half a million. And then the next day, or was it the next day? Yeah, I believe so. It was the next day, yeah. Well, well, the initial thought was four. That probably means Kendrick's fourth album, right? Mm-hmm. Section 80, Good Kid, Mad City, Twin Butterfly, Untitled mm-hmm. Master, not the fourth. Yeah, right? not really the fourth. Just a, a And that is probably yeah, what it collection. still means, but it also meant that it was signaling the heart part four, a new song from Mr. K. Dot. And what did you think about it? Song's awesome. That's a great. Really that's song. a great track. It starts off slow, and then when the, that beat yeah. switch up happens, Kendrick just goes off. It's got like three parts, and the beginning is really mm-hmm. soulful, like a Tim Butterfly yeah. session, and then yeah, it gets a really hard, really aggressive at, at that beat switch up. He's like nonstop spitting bars for about a minute and a half. Yeah, on this. tons of mem- <laughs> tons of memorable lines, and of course, everyone's talking about who the shots are that he's sending, who are they being sent to, who's yeah, calling it's, out. It's your man, Big Sean, right? Nah, what's everybody saying? No, nah, I don't think it's Big Sean. Uh, yeah, there's like a, a like a mention of Big Pun and uh, Jay Z lines, which mm-hmm. kind of point right to uh, Big Sean. But I think it's really more about Drake, because Big Sean is little fish to Kendrick Lamar. Mm-hmm. Like it's just not worth his time. I agree. Yes, no more interviews. Big Sean took some shots at Kendrick. Mm-hmm. I guess. I mean, I thought they were cool, but I guess Big Sean was just kind of mad that Kendrick got so much prestige from Control. Mm-hmm. But that was also was so long ago. I really didn't think Big Sean was had an axe to grind here. But and he's probably happy that people think it's about him because yeah. it's definitely not. It gets him a little. He's, who do you think it's about? It's about Drake, obviously, because people compare Kendrick and Drake. They're really they've been the top two in some order, depending on who you ask. The past three years, really, with no mm-hmm. one else really there, because like Kanye will come in and release an album during one of those years, but then he just goes away. Right. You know, he's not active. He's not really present, and. The claims they both like to claim that they're the top, top five, top five, mm-hmm. or I'm top two, but I'm not two. One of right. the re- more recent lines and Kendrick, you know, the king of rap, savior of rap, all those you know monikers that people give him. You know, he doesn't never really says it himself until now. He is. He's like, yeah, no, I am the best. I am the god MC. And you got till April seventh to get your shit together, and you're gonna find out. You're gonna get that work. Do you think Kendrick was like sitting on this, like waiting, like until Drake released? Something and it was like I'm gonna drop. Yeah, something it seems like away. it. It seems like it because, you know, this is really soon. Untitled Master is yeah. a year old. Granted, that's all B sides and leftovers. Right. But I really didn't think it was gonna come this soon. No. Drake. I don't think Drake did it. Drake did either. Drake was like, all right, cool. I gotta dominate the summer. Yeah. You know, with more life, which we reviewed. Cyclone of Comps, Last Nostalgia Pod, mm-hmm. and on YouTube, great record, right? Yeah. And th- this doesn't change that. But now, rap Twitter's lit right now. Yeah, it is. People are talking, but I don't think the hard part for is going to be on 
Tenderest album. No, I don't think so. Either. Just like it's a lot like No More Interviews or False Prophets from J. Cole. Both mm-hmm. songs that take shots at people, but they're hype singles. Get or people three of the songs that were supposed to be on More Life that weren't on there. Right. Yeah, like so, Speaking with 21. Exactly. It's going to be interesting because, like you said, I didn't expect Kendrick to release the album this soon. But it's pretty awesome that these two huge people in the game are releasing them so close together, and we're going to really get to two weeks. look at them and be like, oh, which one do we like more? I think Kendrick's going to kill Drake, honestly. I, more Life was excellent. I really like it. I continue to listen to it. But I have a feeling once Kendrick comes out, I'm going to be right on that Kendrick train. Well, here's the thing. Kendrick's not going to release an album that's just all about shots at Drake. No. His goal, and he kind of alludes to this in the hard part for Kendrick's like, I don't really care about a list. Or, you know, like, or stats, and it might mm-hmm. be shots that Drake keeps setting all these Spotify right. records. He's got something to say. But yeah, Kendrick's like, I'm on some, you know, higher mm-hmm. higher power mm-hmm. shit, right? He yeah. wants to release his third classic album. Right. You know, he wants to just be in that pantheon, no doubt. Mm-hmm. I mean, he already is in the pantheon to many people, including myself, but because yeah. he has two classics, two for two, really. Section 80 was an independent album, so it's, you know, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think he's just like, here, I'm just going to release the best rap right. album again. And you guys just will continue to have nothing, you know, nothing to stand on here. And you guys can like your Drake. It's fine. You can always like both. But right. know that I'm the best. That's what Kendrick wants to do here. He's not going to, you know, eviscerate Drake on the record. That, that's why when people's like, oh, Big Sean, you know, I, ho- I hope you get your bags packed come April 7th. Right. That's not what this is. No. And also, I kind of feel bad for Joey Badass because his second album also comes out on April 7th. All American Badass. American with three Ks. Just like America's Most Wanted from Ice Cube, his first solo record. Ah, I didn't know that. That's interesting. And also, uh, Capital Steez, the late Pro Era member from Joy Badass's crew, mm-hmm. also had um, American Corruption with the three case. But uh, yeah, Joey confirmed, you know, what the title would suggest that he's going to talk a lot about, mm-hmm. you know, current events and racial themes, which is something very similar to what Kendrick did on Timber Butterfly. So that's actually pretty exciting. And he does have a Cole feature, which, which are rare. Joey so, Badass uh, cool. of Mr. Robot fame. Yeah, well, he actually confirmed on a. The LA Leaker show on Power 106 that he's still acting. He's doing a lot of auditions lately. So that's that's great. Basically, he whenever was good. whenever he's not on tour, you know, obviously he can't act when he's on tour and he's not mm-hmm. doing music work. He is pursuing the Hollywood, which yeah. is pretty cool. Kendrick does this, man. He just drops these projects and mm-hmm. they just shake up the way that you think the year is going to go. Like it's he's, exciting. He's absolutely awesome exciting. Like Speaking of music, something we didn't talk about in the pre-show, but I figured maybe we'll mention real quick since we did this a lot. Lollapalooza dropped their lineup last week. The last major? Yeah, last major festival, if you don't count Austin City Limits or like the Meadows as like major festivals. They're more fall festivals. Correct. Not and, festival season. Yeah. Festival right. season not approaching at that point. Right. So the headliners... Chance the Rapper, number one. Surprise. Chicago <laughs> Festival. And he's at every other festival this summer. So we knew he was... His first Lala headline, though. It's going to be an amazing set. You know, I'm sure he's very excited for that. Yeah, it's his third time there, which is pretty awesome. Because he started, what, around like, 09? Really? Yeah, well, when 10 Day came out. 10 Day came out in 2010, I think. So. Yeah, so... Yeah, his, within seven he had an early, early buzz in the Chicago scene for a long time now. Yeah. Within seven years, he got to the top. That That's incredible. Muse, Lord, The Killers, Arcade Fire... Anyone else that really is... Oh, Blink-182 will be there. They haven't been at many festivals. I don't think there are any other ones. Yeah, it's interesting to see like what festivals give people the year after. Um, right, right. Firefly last year got a ton of artists the year after. But, I mean, overall, I thought this was a really, really deep lineup. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at, at the, the by day here. Um, and the top line almost every day has at least two people you would want to see. 
Muse, Lord, Casey the Elephant, Wiz Khalifa on Thursday. The Killers, Blink-182, DJ Snake run the jewels of the top four on Friday. Chance the Rapper, the XX, Alt-J, and the Head and the Heart on Saturday. That one's not as good, but they got Cascade and Glass Animals. Blow mm-hmm. it. And then Sunday, Arcade Fire, Justice, Big Sean, The Shins, Zed's Dead. That day is going to be stacked. Arcade Fire also wanted like the, the biggest festival draws, which is interesting. I think they only played maybe two American festivals, or North American festivals last year, now I'm thinking about it. They played Way Home in Toronto. For a big act, that's notable. They haven't been putting out as many albums. I think they'll probably drop one this year. Hmm. And, and they also, they're so big that they can pick like that. Right. So, it'll be interesting. I, I, I wish I could go to Lollapalooza this year. Of course. Chicago, I mean, Chicago's a cool place to visit in general. Shout out Little Uzi Vert on the second line of Thursday. <laughs> hey, Thursday. Next to Migos, of course, too. Yeah. Oh, that's disrespect, though. They got Yachty on the third line, Joey Badass on the fourth line. Ooh, he mad about that. He got mad about uh, the Tory deal with Wiz Khalifa a few years ago when Trinidad James was above him. Trinidad James? Yeah. Wow. Go it all in my chain. See, so yeah, Lollapalooza, <laughs> I think we, we've kind of been calling this, but they really stole the festival season show. It's Coachella, Lollapalooza. They're pretty much bookends for the festival season in a lot of ways. In a down year for Bonnaroo. Yeah. It was right for the taking. Yeah, you you too, I think, just ate up so much of their budget somehow. So, mm. anyways, if you're going to go to Lollapalooza, please tweet at us and let us know. And uh, if you can find us tickets for cheap, we will go. Get us those press passes. At Nostalgia Pod, hit up those DMs. Speaking of, of new things, mm. Dave Chappelle yeah. dropped some, <laughs> these two new specials, which I misspoke last week. Did you get to watch them yet? Did not watch them yet. I actually watched his very first special, the HBO Half Hour from yes. like 1998. So good. So awesome. <laughs> he's, he's such a good stand. Really cool seeing people in the 90s, just mm-hmm. normal people, like the clothing attire. Oh, was yeah. It really takes you back. It does. And, <laughs> you know, it's funny because in the first of the two specials, he mm-hmm. talks about meeting O.J. Simpson back when he had like just recorded his he, first special. He always talks about that. Yeah. And <laughs> it's it's crazy that he's spanned that long. I mean, he's basically mm-hmm. been, what, like 20 years now uh, in the stand-up game, right around there. I mean, yeah, yeah, since he first started. Yeah. Obviously not active. No, no. Right. Ten-year gap. Yeah, been on hiatus since 06, basically 07-ish. These stand-ups are good. I mean, I wouldn't say that they're like up there with Killing Me Softly or something mm-hmm. like that, but they're pretty fantastic. The first one's very tight, and he, like, makes sure he hits every single joke perfectly. The second one, there's, like, this point where he kind of, like, sits down and, see, yeah. like, feels like, okay, I'm going to interact with the crowd a bit just and like, tell stories r- a little rolls bit. with it, yeah, which is the thing he has done a lot. So. Yeah, and he, and he does that really well. So I would definitely check those out. I haven't heard really anyone say that they're bad. I've heard people mm-hmm. say that it's not as good. I've also heard people say that they're offensive. The first one's recorded in 2015, another one in 2016, I believe, right? That, that's correct. So you can kind of tell if there's some, like, dated jokes in terms of... It was just topical humor when he yeah. was doing it. Obviously, you'll hear it when it happens. Yeah, I heard some, like, you know, the more offensive things, and obviously comedy mm-hmm. purists will, you know, jump down your throat. Nothing's offensive in comedy. Right. But I think if you're going to be, like, offensive and you want to, you know, for shock value, that's why you're mm-hmm. doing it. You know, to have people open up and stuff. Sure. They have to be good jokes. Exactly. And I heard a lot of the LGBT shit just wasn't good jokes. Yeah, well, he has this one... Like, it's just not hitting, or it's just, like, it's not that funny. Like, these days, like, that's not as... Yeah. That kind of joke isn't funny now. Like, it's just not impressive. In the first special, he has, like, this... the, The LGBT stuff comes into this weird joke about, like, pitching movie ideas, like, just, like, on the fly to these, like two producers after the Oscars, right. which is obviously a made-up story. No one really laughed at the end of that one. In the second show, he talks about it in terms of 
these uh, two this this lesbian couple that has a kid that goes to school with his kid and how he interacts with them mm-hmm. that hit a little bit more and I think that's the one that, that happened later so he obviously got to kind of like play around with that perfect that right. kind of joke a little bit more see what works with that I agree you know you do need to like make sure it hits and obviously in the first one it didn't mm-hmm. in the second one it did a little bit more it's something he'll he'll work out yeah. or he'll just drop it it doesn't really right. matter to I mean him. he's not like an Anthony Jeselnik or a Daniel Tosh no. where he just tries to let your brain on fire with <laughs> a crossing the line constantly no. just like so he has kind of had like run-ins with LGBT community yeah. in that regard before so mm-hmm. it's not that he's surprising got, he's got this new movie does which I think he's always had kind of this but he with like the mic yeah he like slaps the mic on his knee and it's almost like it's not committing to your joke though right it's almost it's like running oh, away from shucks. it shucks it's, it's like, like uh here take that see right. what you think of that because that was messed up well, all right i'll run away now which i think probably speaks to just some of what he's been through in sure. terms of like spotlight of, he also has that you know power to do that right. he's not like chris rock chris rock is really focused sharpens the blade as yeah. he gets ready to deliver that punch whereas yeah. Chappelle, like you said in the first special right he just kind of will or second special he'll just kind of run into it and see what you think about it and mm-hmm. maybe he'll run away from it too depending on how it goes yeah it, and he wasn't always that way but he it seems like just he doesn't feel as comfortable as he did before like in killing me softly like he mm. leaves like some jokes out there that are pretty raunchy but like, he just leaves them out there and he lets mm-hmm. you kind of sit with it so uh, but you're right chris rock i almost see them as like two very different comedians in a way well they are but they, they talk about a lot of the same type of stuff mm-hmm. in, in ways too chris rock is a little bit more like politically driven. he's more satir- uh, yeah. yeah like satirist mm-hmm. he has another netflix special coming it's kind of this this whole netflix push with right chris rock louis ck and jerry seinfeld all coming later this year oh really i didn't know seinfeld was on that yeah and in general they just have a lot of comedy coming they're just kind of flooding the market and it's actually really interesting to keep you know your ear to the ground on because they're really like trying to take over the space that was previously dominated by HBO, yeah. with the lesser stuff being on Comedy Central. Hmm. So really interesting to see Netflix just throwing money at comedy specials, whether it's you know mid-level guys or these A-plus tier people yeah. like Chappelle and Rock and Seinfeld and all all them. Well, comedy just to see how how they do it because right. as we've been talking about Netflix throughout the past year or so. They're becoming more of a content factory, yeah. but actually these huge paydays that they're investing in like a Chappelle or a, a Rock where they're giving them like $20 million per stand-up, mm-hmm. that's cheaper than a lot of their series. So yeah, it's well, a really smart investment because it's just adding that catalog. It's just there. Right. They have it. And, and stand-up is so easy just to put on mm-hmm. and just like let it sit there and like have people And you don't feel bad chat. if you don't finish it. Exactly. Or if you're like talking during stuff, you can come in and out as you need to. Mm-hmm. It's just such a easy like thing to have in like a catalog like that and just have some people like, oh, Jerry Seinfeld is a special on here. Let's just throw Jerry Seinfeld right, on right. Or Dave Chappelle. So yeah, Netflix stays killing it. Hopefully hopefully Chappelle's uh, stand-ups continue to improve and get better as he starts to feel more comfortable with everything. A show that has been... I think consistently good all year. Some critics would say otherwise, but Legion. This is awesome. Their, their penultimate. It's been an awesome year for TV already. It really has. And, <laughs> and movies, which we'll get it's to. It's not even April, which in a week is about to be like the most lit like month. TV of, month ever. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Legion had their penultimate episode. They only have eight episodes a season. So this yep. was chapter seven. It was pretty incredible. I know that uh, you're a little bit behind on it, so I w- I'm not going to spoil anything. But answer some questions. Yeah, I mean, it, it was like a huge info dump episode in a way. Mm-hmm. Figuring out who's like the real protagonist in this season. Figuring out kind of a little bit more about David's backstory, which, mm-hmm. spoiler alert, it seems like his father might be Professor X. Who knew? Yeah, right? I didn't know that was coming. <laughs> right. It was just, they really well done. Like, even the info dumps, which can kind of seem like... 
sometimes in like, if a show doesn't do right, it can kind of seem like, okay, whatever. Right. They really approached it in a really creative way. Smart exposition. Yeah, and they use non-traditional like visuals to kind of help explain things, mm-hmm. which is cool. There was also like a climactic scene in the episode. It basically lets Aubrey Plaza just like, take the ball. and like She basically becomes Rus- Russell Westbrook like playing against Kevin Durant for like, the whole game. <laughs> She's just trying to score 60 with like 15 assists and 20 rebounds. She had a strong season, which has really kind of showed her range that she's mm-hmm. never had done in her previous roles. She's kind of done the yeah. same stuff the whole time. So yeah, Parks been, and Rec, been very cool to like, see within her character. Right, but like deadpan comedy stuff. She's right, way more than that in on Legion. Yeah, and especially the, this scene, like it's shot in a very like uh, Baruch like fashion. Mm-hmm. So it's like very dramatic, and like the lighting is crazy, and they even go old timey style where they the words are like written on the screen like a old time movie. And just the way it's shot and, like, oh, wow. done is, like... It's like some incredible. Sam Esmail shit when they had yeah, the, that what, 90s episode. Yeah, <laughs> it was crazy. So definitely check out Legion if you're behind on that. Also, yeah, absolutely. Definitely Gene, watch that. Gene Smart in this episode was also fantastic. Like, very subtle performance, but beautifully done. I mean, between her and uh, whoever... Who, who, who's the actress who plays Sid? I forget oh, for your uh, name. Because they're both from Fargo Season 2. Yeah. And then uh, Katie Asselton's from The League, so FX is keeping mm-hmm. it in-house a little bit, similar to how HBO usually does. Absolutely. With their, like, deep benches and stuff. I guess speaking of more superhero stuff, right? Yeah. Why, why don't you fill us on this? You, you know a little bit more about this than I do. A little more tuned in. Yeah. It's Woke, like, I think is yeah. the term. I, th- I think the kids say that. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Michael Shannon, huh? Yeah, Michael Shannon, the front runner for Deadpool 2. Fox's front runner, who, who they're targeting anyway, who they would like to play Cable. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating for a few reasons. One, he'd be the latest guy to jump from Marvel to Mm-hmm. or uh, DC to Marvel, or vice versa, because he obviously was General Zod in Man of Steel, which I thought he actually was pretty cool as. Him as Cable, though, he doesn't really look the part, per se, but he's such a fantastic actor, as we've said many times, re- recently Nocturnal Animals, yep. Midnight Special, that he's just a talent. Just get him. Mm-hmm. That'd be awesome. It's funny. Michael Shannon's, like, rise to fame i feel like i really came on to him right as boardwalk empire was really getting mm-hmm. like a lot of love and then he did this like thing with funny or die where he read this sorority letter in like such a deadpan way and it was like some like ridiculous yeah. letter that's like when i was really like wow this guy took this like letter which reading it got kind of boring to myself but he like really made it entertaining <laughs> he's just kind of like been rising ever since it, well then. it's it's interesting too because he immediately you know, got a big star in 08 on Revolutionary Road. He got a Best Supporting Actor nomination. That was the reunion of DiCaprio and Kate Winslet right. post-Titanic. And I'm pretty sure that's how he got his Boardwalk Empire role. Mm-hmm. But yeah, ever since then, he's kind of been taking character roles and just, just killing it. Yeah. And then, and then doing these comedic things that you wouldn't think was even in his wheelhouse. So getting him in Cable, which is a movie that will obviously... Or Deadpool 2 is a movie that obviously will have a comedic twist. I think it'll be fine. And that was supposed to be Kyle Chandler rumored to be? Yeah, so the reason Tim Miller left the project is apparently, this is you know, not really confirmed, but Tim Miller and Ryan Reynolds disagreed over Miller's top choice of Kyle mm-hmm. Chandler as Cable. So creative differences, among other things, Miller left the project. So again, we'll see if they actually get Shannon. But speaking of Tim Miller, James Cameron wants him to help him reboot Terminator again. <laughs> First time uh, Cameron actually doing the reboot himself. But yeah, Cameron gets a lot of the rights back in 2019. Mm-hmm. And it recently came out that, we kind of assume this, but Terminator Genesis from 2015, not getting the sequel. Amelia Clark previously said she wouldn't be coming back to be Sarah Connor. But similar to The Matrix, uh, we talked about this last week, SoundCloud.com slash Nostalgia Pod, you know, a franchise that 
to they won't let go in the Matrix. Terminator is a franchise that they've been going in. They haven't had a good one in 27 they years. They've been swinging and missing a lot. <laughs> you know who they, they, they should get to star in this? Michael B. Jordan. Sure. <laughs> just every every reboot, just throw them in there. Um, I, I don't know. I don't really want another Terminator. Give, give me like a breath of fresh air for a little bit. I don't know. My, Terminator was good, but I also feel like... Terminator and Terminator 2. Terminator 2 came out in 1991. Like, it's been yeah, a long time. Is, We've had three bad ones. Years There's cool later. stuff in some of them. I don't know. Also, James Cameron. Focus on Avatar 2, 3, 4, and 5, bro. <laughs> Keep pushing that shit back. He's he's going to be like he's going to be like George R R Martin with like those things. He's going to be oh. like getting old. I had the hottest take time. on George R R Martin, but we'll save that for what game. No, of I want to hear close. it right now. Drop it. Oh, just those books, if assuming he, he he makes it, those books aren't being done till past 2030. Wow. Positive. You think another 15 years? Because all right, so we're currently waiting for book six. Yeah. So totally unrelated side tangent, right? So book six, The Winds of Winter. We've been waiting for this for a while. Dance with Dragons, the last book came out in 2011. So that's, that's uh, what, six years, right? Yeah. Winds of Winter, no science coming this year. Probably not coming. So when we thought that the year before, the year before that. Maybe he'll Kendrick it and just drop Maybe it. he finally drops Winds of Winter next year. Which I think, yeah, we'll say it's a good bet, but everything was a good bet. So yeah, 2018. Whatever. These books, through the first five books, the story keeps getting wider and wider. You gotta narrow it down. It, it, get, it keeps getting bigger in scope, and as we saw with Game of Thrones last season, they finally started to go back inward, mm-hmm. right? At what you have to do before it ends. Mm-hmm. The books are nowhere close to that, and the way his writing style works, each chapter is a point of view, you know, mm-hmm. the, from the point of view of yeah. one particular character. First person. That does limit how you can tell your story, because characters have to be in certain places to continue the plot. Right. And he said that years ago there was going to be at least one more book, A Dream of Spring, after Winds of Winter. Most people think there's at least one more after that. And judging by <laughs> his pace, there's no way he finishes two books in the 2020s. What do you think he's doing? When this sixth book might not even come out until then. What do you think? So there's just no way. George R.R. R. is doing. Like, what, what, like, what is he really He's like just working? such a, a detail-oriented yeah. guy. Like, he'll rewrite whole chapters. Sometimes he's just not productive at all. Crazy. And he has another interest. He would work on the throne show. He would mm-hmm. write these other side story Doesn't things. Doesn't he have a co-writer at this point, though? No. He, he has he this live journal him. blog that he loves to comment, respond to commenters on. Oh, so, as I like putting it, he's just bad at his job. He's bad at getting this shit done. And a co-writer would be smart because, tell me otherwise, why you don't expect this to be done before 2030. Uh, so that's a bad look. He's an old man. Happened to Robert Jordan, The Wheel of Time. He died pretty much before it ended, so we don't want that. Well, I, I hope you're wrong because I'd like the story to be finished right. before he dies, but... Yeah, shout out James Cameron. <sighs> yeah. We'll see if Avatar, the last Avatar's done before the Game of Thrones books. I, I give, I'll give him a chance. Huh. He said he's going to shoot them all back-to-back. It's just he keeps pushing back when they'll start shooting. I don't know. I don't know if I would believe that. I mean, that like, it, it see, saves money. Wait, the Avengers... He's just going to do, like, like six hours of shooting and then, like, break that down? Well, no, you just, you film the one movie, then you film the next movie. Lord of the Rings trilogy did that. Right. The Avengers Infinity, no, no. Infinity Wars doing that. That's right. what he meant. So he's just going to do, like, it all in one shot, but it's going to come out in, like, four different pieces or something like that. Like, three different, like, so he's going to shoot all the scenes for all, like, like three movies or four movies that are coming out. Yeah. But all at once, and then he's just going to, like, release it. It's just a money to save money gotcha. and time. Keeps Got the it. actors. Okay, so yeah, I, I can see that is. happening then. Speaking of outer space, aliens, <laughs> Venom, man. Venom is getting his own movie. Yeah, didn't see that coming. We talked about, during our, our podcast on Logan, our review of Logan, 
soundcloud.com slash nostalgiapod or find it on YouTube. Please YouTube subscribe. Channel. Big help. Nostalgia. We talked about, we don't really want a lot of R-rated superhero movies moving forward. Right. I, and I guess it's technically a supervillain movie. Correct. But everybody's saying it's going to be R-rated. It's labeled as horror, sci-fi, action. and action. That's from, right from a casting website. So sci-fi, or action, okay, obviously, superhero movie, supervillain movie. Sci-fi and horror, though? That's a little strange. I mean, sci-fi I, makes sense. I find it intriguing. It's an alien, right? Like, uh, what, technically, Venom? like, Venom is, he's, like, from yeah. outer space. Well, yeah, the symbiote, like, right. takes over the person, which is, like, an yeah, alien organism. We're not about science on this podcast. <laughs> I think it's an interesting way to take a superhero genre film, mm-hmm. if you have the villain as the main protagonist this way. And this is not going to be part of the MCU, because, remember, Sony still controls most of the other Spider-Man stuff, but they're just lending Spider-Man to to Marvel, you know, Do you think it'll be part of another universe? Like a I think it's parallel like, universe? So details are, you know, not really, there's not much out there other than they have a script from Scott Rosenberg and Jeff Pinkner, mm-hmm. but I think Spider-Man will be tangentially there with the ability for him to appear later. Gotcha. He's going to focus on Venom. And this also, same report, uh, they're developing a Black Cat and Silver Sable hmm. film, which is, uh, they're both rogues in yeah. Spider-Man's gallery. Right. Uh, Felicity Jones actually was like being teased to play Black Cat in Spider-Man 3. That'd be cool. When the Sam Raimi ones ended. So we'll see. But the interesting thing is no director yet, no casting news, obviously, but it's shooting this fall. They already have the casting information and it's going to come out October 2018. So Sony's pushing forward. So we'll see how this goes. It's really interesting. Venom, I think, is one of the most popular villains. That's why Spider-Man 3 was so disappointing, too, because everyone was so excited for Venom. Mm Mm-hmm. Hopefully this one hits, because if not, I don't think they'll come back to Venom again yeah, for I a mean, while. At this point, Disney and Marvel Studios will be like, hey, so you just want to give us all those rights? Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we'll see. So why don't we move into, we've been wanting to do this, but it's been so busy with just thing after thing after thing. And culture. We're going to look back at, at the movies of this year look so back far. back at it. And, and a couple movies that will be coming out in the next month. Right. We'll do a, another summer movie preview sometime in May. Yeah. Probably early May, I'm guessing. Well, May movies kind of summer movies, so maybe end of next month, end of April. Yeah. I think it's probably better. But yeah, we'll, we'll let you know when that's coming. That'd be a good bet. But yeah, I mean, we, we Legion, Young Pope, all Big Little Lies. TV's great right now, more of it coming on the way, peak TV. That wasn't a surprise. Mm-hmm. But January and February being strong months for Hollywood, that's not traditionally the case. Nothing comes out in January besides late Oscar films when they get their wide release. Right. And then well, obviously March last month we had BVS that one blockbuster mm-hmm. unfortunately you know polarizing film this year we had a blockbuster every month yeah at least a big budget film so great start to the year and they're all uh, different like yeah. genres too which is really cool yeah so like you were saying Dave not to cut you off mm-hmm. but the top three highest grossing movies right now Beauty and the Beast Logan and Lego Batman just below that Get Out and Split yep and then Kong Skull Island. Fifty Shades Darker, and John Wick are like the top eight. And then A Dog's Purpose is number nine. Which, and The Shack. I mean, <laughs> okay. Well, I, I don't even want to comment on A Dog's nah. Purpose, but uh, The Great Wall coming in at uh, number 11 with Triple uh, X, The Return of Xander Cage. 12, Power Rangers, already 13 on the Just on one weekend list. in. One weekend Very in. strong, 40 million. Crazy. It's doing really well with the targeted demo. People mm-hmm. like it. I think the... the, the Worst things I hear about it is, it's a lot better than I thought. <laughs> and then other people are like, no, it's just really fun. Yeah. Even if it gets dumb at the end. So, 
I actually am looking forward to seeing that at some point. They're definitely going to check that out. This has been a really surprising movie year so far. Mm-hmm. What's been the biggest surprise to you? Get Out, absolutely. came out February 24th. Jordan Peele, first African-American director slash writer to have his first feature film across $100 million yep. to box office. It's also one of the most profitable films of all time because the budget was like, only $4.5 yeah, million. Yeah, I was say, it was really low. It was crazy. We talked about it. It also has a 99% Rotten Tomatoes, yep. which is pretty much unheard of for a movie that has a budget this mm-hmm. small. It also didn't really have any big-name actors. I mean, it had, what, uh, Allison yeah. Williams? Well, Daniel Kaluuya is the lead. Yeah. That's, that, that's, that's what makes Get Out so fascinating is that it's a Blumhouse film. Blumhouse is that publisher that makes lots of horror films. They also mm-hmm. put out Split, which also is very successful for them. But this is Blumhouse's first film the past 100 million, or fastest the past 100 million, rather. But this really shows the Hollywood that you can have a black lead who's unknown carry a blockbuster. Yeah. Something that was previously thought to be just something that we can't do. We'd love to give black guys more roles, but unfortunately they don't, you know, they don't, get, draw they, they don't people, get the right? green. Yeah. Uh, so this is awesome. for, And obviously Jordan Peele, so many doors are open for him mm-hmm. now. People used to make jokes that Key was the only good guy in Key and Peele. I'm so happy <laughs> that that's so far away now. But yeah, just kind of just the overwhelming success that it is and kind of the new narratives that it tells is, is great. Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting because something like Split, I can understand it has M. Night Shyamalan directing. Right, so like he's, he's a guy who make, a gets movies made. Right, exactly. But Get Out, I mean, it, like you said, it's uh, Jordan Peele, his, for a directing debut, to have one of the highest grossing movies of, of the year in a down season for movies, usually, and yeah. to have one of the highest grossing movies of all time in terms of, like, what the budget was. Profitability. Like, profitability. That's... I mean, yeah. w- well done. It'd be, it'll be interesting to see if he gets any kind of like recognition at the Oscars at the, at the end of the year. Yeah, and that's another thing about this year, just in general, is that there's so many, um, Logan and Get Out particularly, mm-hmm. are good flicks that should get some Oscar attention, you know, right. pending the rest of the year. And usually a February or a March movie, that's this is not a thing, because the good movies don't come out then. Yeah. So th- we'll really see if the Oscars actually do respect this part of the calendar, you know, come... December when we find out the noms or whatever. It's interesting because looking through this list, I was trying to think what what makes these movies worth seeing, and it's almost kind of what you were talking about with Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. Most of them are just fun. Like right. you, like everything about John Wick is like non-serious. It's like oh, this guy is a badass who basically says anything just kills a lot of just people. Just fantastic like a lot action of action, action, yeah. action movie. Like Kong Skull Island, like right. you said, it hit the right notes. It was fun. It didn't take itself too seriously. Yeah. It was basically a John C. Riley movie. So. Exactly. Um, Beauty and the Beast. I mean, everybody knew what it was gonna be. But Disney remake. Right. Prints its own money. But then, like, other than Logan, like Lego Batman, fun movie. Split had a really great twist ending. Right. Like, all of these just kind of hit the right notes, and yep. they weren't trying to go out there and be something that they weren't. And even Triple X Return to Xander Cage, something right. we made fun of at the time. But, audiences still like it because it's just fun. Yeah. It's just dumb fun, and the action movie in general has kind of fallen by the wayside. Because most action movies are now also superhero movies mm-hmm. or sci-fi movies. Right. But just a normal action movie, we just don't have them as much anymore and certainly don't have as many successful ones. So something like John Wick, which the first one obviously got so much acclaim yeah. just by being a great action movie. And yes, there's less to pick from, but then the second one, people are like, yeah, it just kicks yeah. more ass. There's nothing bad to say about it. It's also just <laughs> awesome because like, Keanu Reeves hadn't really had like a real role that like grabbed people for a long, like a long time, then just John Wick out of nowhere. He's like, my dog died. I'm just gonna go kick a lot of people's asses. Yeah. And 
it works. And Triple X is just the continuation <laughs> of the Vin Diesel heat check. What can't this? What won't this guy do on screen? Vin Diesel heat check. That's, we got, that's the best. We got the Fate of the Furious coming out April fourteenth, which is also interesting because almost sure most of the other Fast movies were May films. Yeah, I think they I were. Think some of them might have been April, but. That's early, and that it movie's going to obviously be huge. It is. Fury 7 is an indication. I think it was actually smart for them to do it then, because there's not a lot of other, like, like looking forward at movies that are right. coming out around that time in April. I mean, it's coming out the same weekend as Spark, which I think that's an animated movie. Right. It, so it's a kid's movie. It's the It'll be the biggest movie in April. Yeah. There's no doubt. Every, Ghost in the Shell comes out March 31st. Everybody's going to go see it, like, on Easter weekend. Yeah. So... It's it's gonna yeah, just they, print money basically. Uh, yeah, I think they they put their fly down that weekend long ago. There's, Everyone else stayed away. Yeah, there's for nothing else reasons. really even in April that I think is that intriguing. Yeah. I mean, the circle we just like it for the cast April twenty eighth. But right. again, that's two weeks later. Mm-hmm. So, Fate yeah. of Furious should dominate April. You know, it, it was funny when I was looking through like what movies are coming out. There's there's one with gosh where where did I write it right down here? Oh, it's called The Promise. Have you heard about this movie? No, I have not. Oscar Isaac and Christian Bale. Oh yeah. And it's a, like a romantic drama. This guy's like my dog. I know. He's been doing some theater. And it's not getting good reviews right now. No. But that's, that's so disappointing. You get two big guys like that and you're like, give, give them a good script. Just let them like do their thing. So speaking of, of casts, March 17th, Song to Song from Terrence Malick came out. Ryan Gosling, Michael Fassbender, Rudy Mara, Natalie Portman, Christian Bale, Kate Blanchett, Benicio Del Toro, and Val Kilmer. What the fuck? <laughs> How did I not know that that came out? I think it's more limited release. Gotcha. Uh, Terrence Malick, he's really cool. He's an old director. He's got a lot of good films. Hmm. But obviously with, with that cast. Right. Like I think I know Val Kilmer has one of the smaller roles, but still, I, I want to see that. I don't I didn't care what it's about at this point. Val Kilmer? I mean, <laughs> what, what was the last thing I saw? Him? And like Natalie. like Natalie's not in ensembles often. No, that, that, that's actually a good point. I've he's never really thought about that. Yeah, that's strange. What, what was it, that movie about? I didn't even know. Fill me in. I'm not sure. Let me look oh. that up. Um, also, Lost City of Z is getting uh, some attention. Uh, that that ooh, that comes out the same weekend as Fate of the Furious, but I'm pretty sure that's a, a different demo. It's from uh, yeah, James definitely. Gray, Charlie Hunnam, Robert Pattinson, Tom Holland, Spider-Man, and Sienna Miller. That's uh, Lost City of Z? Yeah. Wow, Charlie Hunnam with two big movies coming out the next two months. That yeah. And what the Arthur? Sword? King Arthur, Legend yeah. of the Sword. Legend of the Sword. <laughs> It'll be Young Pope versus Jax Teller. Right. Well, you know, it's funny. Hunnam turned down Fifty Shades. Or yeah. not not turned down. He was, like, progressing through negotiations and then fell off. Yeah, and then he, like, I don't think he really wanted to do it. Yeah. That seemed to be a really good call. Yeah, definitely. Because <laughs> those movies suck. Yeah, nobody liked Jamie Dorn. They just like it looking at him. I mean, kind of think with Dakota Johnson. It kind of seems like like the role in a lot of ways. I mean, of of all the the movies that we've talked about that have come out so far, Fifty Shades is obviously the one I probably think the least of. Oh yeah. That and probably The Great Wall, I guess. The Great Wall, yeah, I probably I think mean, the least of that. So let's yeah, we're reflecting. The Great Wall. We saw that trailer with all that CGI mm-hmm. and just how preposterous this was. That didn't scream fun to me. Because that movie seemed like it was taking itself very seriously, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. And then when, obviously, the whitewashing things, the white savior narrative. Right, like, so actually, that might be a good way to bring another movie that I think came out last weekend. Maybe I'm wrong. Ghost in the Shell. Oh, no, March 31st. Well, oh, so it's coming upcoming out. Weekend. It's coming out this coming weekend. Yeah. There's been a lot of talk recently. They're, they're releasing the first five minutes out there mm. on the internet, which is usually not a good sign. It still looks visually really cool. Yeah, and it's a cool idea, but... 
I'm, I'm afraid that's going to be a huge flop. It's, it's a remake of, as I've said before, it's a remake of a cult anime classic, beloved film, really interesting dystopian sci-fi world. Scarjo is like a cyborg. And didn't... But yeah, if the movie's really muddled or confusing, yeah, it probably won't work at all. And I'm, I'm worried about that. It's box office. And it's another movie where people say it should have been a, an Asian actress as the right. lead, and they're whitewashing it. Yeah. And those movies just don't really seem to hit. It, the director of the anime film was like, well, since, uh, I think her name's The Major, the character. Since The Major's a cyborg, she's not actually race-dependent, so casting Scarlett Johansson's fine with me. And I'm like, yeah, you're saying that, fine. I, you're towing a company line, even though you're not in like, that company or whatever, but... Mm-hmm. Again, that's a role that would have been great for an Asian actor or a- actress, and he took it away from them. That kind of touches on most of the movies. Is there anything that you want to talk about that we haven't gotten to yet? Last week, March 24th, Triumphed by Power Rangers. Was that film Life Week mentioned not that long ago? Yeah, great. It has a pretty good cast, right? Like Jake Gyllenhaal, Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds. are the leads. I think there's a few other guys in there. $12 million opening weekend. Very poor. Not good. From all the criticism I heard about it, it's like, you have Jake Gyllenhaal, but you don't really let him be Jake Gyllenhaal in this movie. Which is weird. Yeah, I mean... He's got to let him cook, man. Yeah. He's made that weird food, but <laughs> let him do it. Yeah, he makes, like, the weirdest food. <laughs> I, I rewatched um, uh, Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler recently, yeah. and I was like... Now that you know strange. who Riz Ahmed is, too. <laughs> Riz Ahmed, though. He's, he's great in everything. Young goat. I think the thing with life, too, is like, it's like an a-, a movie, like an alien movie, like, like mm-hmm. the movie Alien. But the alien is just this weird blobby thing. Right. So, like, I don't know. How scary is that? Yeah, it's hard to be scared of just a blob. It's like, was Flubber really scary? No. No. Flubber was actually not a great movie, though, in my opinion. Jumanji remake coming. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Who's Who's in that? Oh, I Wait, let, let me look that up. It's been announced. But yeah, that's a thing. That's, that's awesome. That's interesting. R.I.P. Robin Williams, of course. How do you feel about The Circle? April 28th. This is the last movie in our block of January to April that we've been looking on. We're looking ahead to. So Tom Hanks, Emma Watson, John Zach, Boyega, John Boyega, Karen Gillan, Patton Oswalt, and the late Bill Paxton. So good group there. Tom Hanks is like the Steve Jobs-ish yeah. role, like a tech giant that's kind of invading everyone's personal space and data yeah. mining and stuff. There's a lot of interesting themes there. I, I, I'm intrigued. I, yeah, Boyega I has like a supporting role. Emma Watson's the lead protagonist. I think it's interesting. Pretty um, sure it's adapt uh, based on a book or something too. I think it's I think it's an interesting idea. I can't really see Hanks in that type of role. I feel like for that role you have to be kind of creepy and like I can't really see him doing that. But Tom Hanks also I shouldn't like ever bet against Tom Hanks. That's a good point. Emma Watson obviously great. John Boyega like most most charming man in in film. So yeah, this was you know one of his first movies. I think since Force Awakens, mm-hmm. obviously Pacific Rim Two, I think is the next year's movie for him. But right. interesting to see how much he actually has to do. Jumanji remake, Dwayne Johnson, oh. Kevin Hart, Jack Black, Nick Jonas. Okay. This cast is stacked, man. Stacked. Uh, so it's gonna be great because the Rock's in it. Yeah, basically, yeah, Rock, Rock is the lead, and then don't, don't forget his his best picture contender for next summer, Skyscraper. <sighs> <laughs> And, like, all, like, the research he did for that is so ridiculous. <laughs> also, did you know he could hit a golf ball almost 500 yards? He said he hit it 490 yards. Yeah. That's insane. Did it go straight? I don't know. <laughs> but that's still impressive. 490 yards? That'd, like, overshoot most tees. Or, like, most most flags. That's crazy. You that's a lot. That. That's yeah. a lot. He's a strong dude. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, interesting stuff coming up. We're going to talk more about what to expect for summer movies if yeah. we ever get to breathe through April anything but Kendrick and basically Fargo and 
the Gorillaz album comes out. Yeah. I'm sure there'll be other... Leftovers. Didn't Lord Better Call album Saul. was coming out? That's June. In, that's June, that's right. That's ancient. That's, that's ways away. Yeah. We're Far future, gonna, rather. I think we're never going to get there. Oh, yeah. also, Bobby Cannavale also in this June. Ah, yes. Make. Soon to be a Mr. Robot. Vinyl fame. <laughs> well, that'll wrap it up for this week. There's uh, nothing famous about Vinyl. No, there's nothing. Well, Nobody watched of course, it. Daisy's famous, I guess. He's famous, barely, barely involved. Famously bad. It was a pretty bad HBO show. One of their bigger flops of recent memory. If you want to help us out, give us a review on iTunes. Follow the show on YouTube. Tweet at us. Subscribe at on YouTube. Subscribe Proper on YouTube. Proper term here, Pat. Right. Big help. Uh, so that'd be awesome. Yeah, you can that. find all of this through our SoundCloud page, soundcloud.com slash nostalgiapod. Yeah. Shout out Chance the Rapper. Shout out SoundCloud. Shout out Meta World Peace. Shout out the Spotify playlist we got going on. Yeah. Best tunes of the year. Updating it almost daily as music comes out, I guess. So Heart Part 4. Daily. Is it on there? Go find out. Yeah. Now it's uh, under my name. It's like the Nostalgia Pod, the best of. It's direct linked at soundcloud.com slash nostalgia pod, just like mm-hmm. iTunes and YouTube. So go there. Get what you want. Help us out how you like. Yeah, share us with a friend. Tweet at Dave and tell him how much the Yankees suck because baseball season starts up and mm. the Yankees indeed do suck. At Martin so, Swagger. Yeah. Gary Sanchez. Grown ass man. And don't at me. Don't at, at Sheen World Peace. Don't do it. All right, we out. All my days, I pray.